Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 56, A Gathering of One. Hey everybody, happy April. Today's show is three weeks hot on the heels of the last show. Um, I don't know why such a big gap, because honestly, this one was easy to get ready for. Uh, this show's on Magic the Gathering, playing it solo using challenge decks. And, you know, the game is so fast, and I'm pretty familiar with it, so didn't really have to do much to get ready. Just play Magic. I have been extra tired lately, I don't know why, and that has been keeping me from wanting to play or being able to play much. And the next show will probably also be three weeks out. The next show's a big one, um, so I expect it to take me three weeks to get ready for it. Maybe four, but, you know, probably in three. And then we get to May. <sighs> this episode, I don't actually have any real news. I, you know, I've been slacking on that too. There's a bunch of Kickstarter games out right now that are cooperative or support solitaire play, or are solitaire only. Uh, I urge you to go check it out. <laughs> I know it's not much of a news item there. Sorry. The the one player gaming awards are going on right now. Voting, well, the nomination process is going on right now and about to end. Um, next week, I think on Monday or Tuesday, if I remember right, the actual voting will start. So go check that out. Go look at the One Player Guild. I've mentioned it before, but you really should visit the One Player Guild if you haven't already. The place is really continues to grow and it's busy. You know, I was just browsing it and I looked at the, well, I was looking at the combined collection of all 705 members and there are 1,090 pages of games. That, that number is just shocking. Munchkin alone is four pages. And these are 1,090 pages of unique games owned, which comes out to over 25,000 games. Anyway, uh, totally useless, semi-interesting. There you go. Uh, let's jump on with the rest of the show. First up, now that March is over, let's look at the uh, top play games for March. According to the solitary games on your list spreadsheet. Interestingly enough, the top five games, well, at least four of the top five games are there because there were challenges for them in March. Well... I don't know if that's why they're on there, but I'm sure that did help contribute to their, their rankings. You know, I thought about leaving them out or, or doing something because they, they were played extra just because there's challenges going on for them. But then again, the fact that they are getting played is, you know, whether it's a challenge or people just feel like it, still shows how popular they are. There wouldn't be challenges for these games if they weren't good. Number five, Dawn of the Zeds with 10 plays. Number four, the only game that isn't on a challenge for March that I know of. Robinson Crusoe with 12 plays. Number 3, The Hunters with 13 plays. Number 2, Rallyman with 16 plays. And number 1 for March, Space Hulk Death Angel with 22 plays. You know, I when I was at work today, I, I wrote down the statistics, I put them in a spreadsheet, and I forgot to print them out or email them, and I ended up just shutting off the computer when I went home, so... That's lost. I think it was 166 games listed. I have no idea how many total plays. It was a lot, pretty much. <laughs> so let's move on. Today's subject is collectible card games. I went, you know, because today I'm talking about Magic the Gathering, I thought I'd look at collectible card games that play solitaire. I didn't find too many. Um, I'm sure there are more. These are just some of the big ones that I looked at, some of the ones that at least I'm familiar with or semi-familiar with. First, of course, is Magic the Gathering. That game is still active. It's published by Wizards of the Coast. And I know there have been solo variants for it before, but now there are official solitaire variants using the challenge decks that are 
if I understand correctly, released with every expansion that comes out. There are currently two. I know there's a third one coming out for the next release. The next expansion is released in two weeks. The challenge deck, I think, is like two weeks or a month after that. I'm not sure how it works. The next game is Middle Earth by Ice, Iron Crown Enterprises. This is a, a dead CCG. The, the, the variant is included in the rulebook. There's a solitaire variant in the rulebook. And there are more variants available in the player's guide. I'm not sure that the variants in the player's guide are solitaire, and I'd have to double check again. Let me do that. So the game brings solitaire variant rules in the rulebook with the with the starter deck. The the rulebook is of course very 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 tiny and super hard to read. At least it is for me now that I'm getting older. If you buy the companion, the play, not the player's guide, but the companion guide for Middle Earth, the, I believe they released one per each edition of the game or each expansion. The player's guide has the rules, much larger print, or I'm sorry, the companion, and it also has variants. It has one variant that's solitaire specific called There and Back Again. At least this is for the, the base game called Wizards, the original expansion, or the original release. Next up is, of course, Dungeon Crawler by Gifted Visions, still an active CCG. I've mentioned this one before, as a matter of fact, on episode 35. Check that one out for more details. It supports solo play out of the box. It, actually, it's probably best as a solo game, is my impression. Another one is SimCity. It uh, was published by Mayfair Games. That's another dead CCG. And this had a variant for solitaire play, but it's basically a beat your high score variant. I remember having this CCG when it came out, having a starter deck. I don't think I ever actually got it played. Um, I have no idea what ever happened to that deck. Long gone. And finally, no, not finally, another... CCG is called Mythos, published by Chaosium, and this is another dead CCG. It has solo, a solo variant available in the Player's Guide. The uh, The Player's Guide and cards are available at Chaosium's website um, for about the retail price when the p stuff was published. Not super expensive, not super cheap. I'm sure you can find it on eBay. I don't know how the prices are there. Apparently, that's a pretty decent game. Finally, the last one I know about is called Arcadia. Published by White Wolf. White Wolf. There is a... It's not too clear how this one is works out. There's a solo variant or solo rules available. Maybe it's a solo expansion. This game was designed so that if all each person needed to play was a character booster and a story booster. My understanding is that some of the story boosters are designed for solitaire play. I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to look into this and hopefully find out more. It's a... It was based on the... The World of Darkness role-playing game on fairies. I don't remember what that one's called now. I do remember having that rulebook, and it was interesting, but not my favorite World of Darkness RPG. It's just a bit too different for me, I guess. Probably not dark enough. So anyway, those are the ones I know about. BGG also has Xenophile, that's XXXNophile, listed as a one-player game. It is, in fact, not a one-player game at all. It is definitely a multiplayer game. Of these, I have definitely enjoyed uh, Magic the Gathering. I've heard good things about... And I've also enjoyed Dungeon Crawler. I've heard really good things about Middle-Earth. Um, Mythos, I've always wanted to play. I never had the chance to play it. I ended up actually getting rid of my cards finally and then learning there's a solitaire variant. Go figure. And Arcadia, I'd never really heard about until recently. And 
Yeah, I mean, they're all interesting. The The nice thing about these dead ones is that they're relatively cheap. So anyway, there you go. CCGs, solitaire CCGs. Um, I'm sure there's more. If you know of more, send me an email let me know or post it on BGG in the One Player Guild or the Podcast Geek List. So as I've already mentioned, today's game is Magic the Gathering. It was designed by Richard Garfield and originally published in 1993, and it has stayed in print since then. And, you know, wow, at this point, how much money has been made off that game? I cannot imagine how many thousands and thousands of different cards are there and how many millions or billions have been printed. It's just mind-boggling. If you aren't familiar with Magic the Gathering, this episode's not for you. Just move on, you know, this... You don't want to get into this. This is bad stuff, honestly. Just end up costing you all your money. You'll lose all your friends. It'll just go downhill from there. If you're a current Magic the Gathering fan, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. You probably don't even want to listen to it either. Go play some Magic. The rest of you, the guys that have played Magic in the past, if you still have your cards around, even better. Um, <clears throat> now you can play with challenge decks. These allow you to play solitaire. They're they're designed for one or more players. And it's a cooperative challenge. And what these do is they, they basically have a deck you're playing against. And there's two of them so far and they each work a little bit different. But the general idea is you take your turn like normal. And then on the challenge deck's turn, you'll flip over a card or two. And do whatever the card says. And then get attacked by the any cards that are out already. And you keep playing like this until you defeat the challenge, whatever the victory conditions are, or you lose as normal by losing all your health. So the two challenge decks that are currently available are called Face the Hydra and this Battle the Hordes. There is another one coming out soon, I imagine. Looks like the name will be called Defeat a God, which kind of sounds hokey to me, but oh well. Now, th- these decks more or less follow standard magic rules, so playing against them is very familiar. Um, there are exceptions. For example, when you're playing against the Hydra, you the Hydra cards are not a creature. You cannot target them like creatures. Um, so it's really hard to kill Hydra. The only way you could hurt it is by doing direct damage to the Hydra itself, or in which case you could target a single head, or by attacking the Hydra, in which case, again, you could target a single head. So you really can't attack it very fast, and these things are there and as you're playing your head anymore. Um, So I am going to assume you're pretty familiar with magic, but let me give you a general idea. In this game, you are a planeswalker, a magician who's able to travel across all the space and time and whatnot to different worlds and, I guess, universes. And you cast magic, you basically are pulling magic out of the different lands and environments. Um, Different types of lands are giving you different types of magic. There's plains that give you white magic. There's swamps that give you black magic. Water gives you blue magic. Um, so on, mountains red. And which am I forgetting? Forests give you green. Those different color magics are used to cast spells. There's different color spells. And they'll require some number of mana of that specific color, plus maybe some colorless mana. Um, the way you spend the mana is you have these lands in play. You turn the land card sideways, signifying you're drawing mana from it. And then you now have mana to cast a spell. The spells are either creatures you're summoning or other spells that generally that either have one-time effects or may linger around. With these creatures, you can now attack your opponent, who is also going to be summoning creatures and defending himself and trying to attack you. 
Um, players start with 20 health. Whoever runs out down to zero first wins. The game could be a lot more complicated than that, but that's general rule. It's a collectible card game, which means there's tons of cards. A lot of the rules text happens to be in the cards. Um, there are many different unique special abilities and new rules introduced with each expansion and all this. Um, not important for this. The way a turn goes in Magic is you're going to draw a card. You're going to untap any cards that you have tapped so they could reuse them. You have a, a phase where you could cast spells, a combat phase, and another phase where you could cast spells. When you, you could play a land, one land each turn, in one of the casting phases. You could cast any number of cards which you could afford to cast. Um, you spend however, you tap however how many lands you need to tap to get mana. And then you pay that casting cost. You then have a combat phase in which you attack, and that's divided into different segments. And basically, though you're attacking, your opponent's defending, and then damage is being dealt. And throughout there, there's opportunities to cast more spells. Um, and finally, you have another f chance to cast spells. And at the end, if you have too many cards in your hand, more than seven, you discard a card. Or you discard down to seven. So that's basically the turn. And in the multiplayer game, you're going to go back and forth doing this. It's a very dynamic game because there's a lot of interaction between you and your opponents. And there's a lot of strategy in combining different cards together to get really neat effects sometimes. And because each player can have different colors and different combinations of colors. For example, most people will play one or two color decks. Your opponent's deck will be very, very different from yours in the way it feels. Especially because there's so many thousands of cards and you're only using... The typical person has 60 or so cards in their deck. So that's the game in general. Um, very, very simplified expansion. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I thought so. The I got turned off for Magic years ago, though, because of the money and buying expansion after expansion and just trying to get all the neat cards and, you know, that whole Mr. Suitcase Syndrome, as I like to call it. I think it, I finally really got turned off when when I had just bought a card and a few months later they... What was it? Icy Manipulator. I think I spent like 20 or... No, I think I spent like $40 on it. Maybe it was 25 Anyway, it was a bunch of money. And then a couple months later, they released another version of it. And I think it was the, that was the first time they'd done that sort of thing. I was so disappointed. The value of my card was dropped and, you know, it was a waste of money. And that sort of burned me out in the whole idea of that game. And then I moved from Florida where I was at to San Francisco. I didn't know anybody, so I didn't really play as much Magic anymore. And, you know, just lost interest over time. Well, now with the challenge decks, you could play solo and you could play against decks and all these old cards you have are good again. A challenge deck is basically playing a single opponent's deck. Each challenge deck is a little bit different. You're going to find that a challenge deck may, if you have two or three decks already that you could play with, you, you'll put them all against your challenge deck and you'll find that some tend to work better than others. Just as if you're playing an opponent, some of your decks are going to work better against his deck than others. It just depends on that, that mix of cards that you have and the challenge deck has and all that. So what these do is they give you the fun of being able to play your cards and work on that deck building stuff again and all that, which is really neat. And time consuming, I should say. The deck building can be pretty time consuming. And it gives you the opportunity to say, oh, I'm going to buy another deck, see if I get a good card. Which is such a money sink. You can tell I've got mixed feelings about this game. So the Hydra deck, as I mentioned, you're, you're fighting a Hydra. Each time you kill a head, you're going to draw two cards. If any of them are a head, you're going to add it on. If not, you discard it. You're going to keep playing until either you get killed or the Hydra deck runs out of cards and there's no heads left on the play field. At that point, you win. Because every time you kill a head, there's a chance for one or two more heads to come out. It, you know, it's a little bit tricky. And also, just 
by drawing cards at the beginning of each turn, you might have more heads. Not only are there cards that are heads, but there are other cards that are spells, which are generally bad, but not always. Some of them are actually useful and are really to draw. Um, an interesting thing about these challenge decks is that they do damage fast. The two of them I've played against are both fast decks. I have lost in about three turns, from 20 to 0, and boy, that hurts. So you definitely need to have a powerful deck to be able to withstand a fast deck. I think these challenge decks are going to be geared towards playing fast decks against them. Now the other one that's out, the Battle of the Horde, you're fighting a a charging army of centaurs, which to me is just uh, kind of silly but kind of cool too. Just you know, imagine hearing a a rampage like that. That that'd be terrifying in real life. But anyway, so here you're fighting these centaurs. Here, when you play, you're gonna have three turns before anything else happens. So it gives you a little time to build a little tiny bit of momentum and hopefully be ready to fight it. But even then, if the cards aren't coming out right, your game will be over in another two or three turns. I played a game tonight where where I had bad draws and I I wasn't able to cast any spells by time or any creatures or anything by the time the, the monsters started coming out and the by the time the challenge deck started playing cards and yeah I didn't last at all I was I think after three rounds it was over if the game goes well it does last a little longer but they still seem to be fast you know again I guess that depends on what kind of deck you're playing you know, so, so in summary I have found these a lot of fun um, they're interesting because they had variety and different ways to play and allows you to play your magic solitaire and not only just to play for fun but allows you to tweak and make powerful decks if you can beat a challenge deck your deck is probably pretty powerful in at least one aspect and stands a chance against beating other players if your deck is getting uh just beat around silly by the challenge decks then it's probably not gonna do well against other people either i think each of the challenge decks retails for about 10 or 12 dollars i'm not exactly sure um, they're not too much, and they have, I think they have around 60 cards and a poster, small poster that opens up and has the rules on a playmat. So there you go, that's uh, Magic of the Gathering, the challenge decks. Now, if you go look for them on BGG, you're going to find them combined with Magic the Gathering. I submitted the Magic the Gathering challenge decks as a new game a couple months ago so I could record plays under that and not record it under Magic, because it is really different. Um, it's still sitting there waiting to get approved, and who knows if that's ever going to happen. If if you agree with me, I suggest you go and recommend it as an addition to and if there's enough of it, maybe somebody will finally pay attention to it. Because, yeah, I sure would like to be able to do that. Just so that when I post it on the Solitaire Games on your Table Geek list, I don't have to dig through hundreds of pages of Magic the Gathering pictures to find the the right one. There you go. Challenge decks, they're pretty fun. Um, if you got a lot of old Magic cards and you don't don't play Magic anymore, this is a good way to... Bring it back out and get to use it, and relatively cheap if you only buy challenge decks. If you're going to get into Magic to play against a challenge deck, it's going to be a bit pricey. A challenge deck is going to be about 10 or $12, like I said, and you're going to need to really buy probably at least another $25 in cards. And then you're going to want to buy booster packs here and there just to see the different kinds of cards. So th- that could add up pretty quick. You're, you're warned. All right, that's it for this episode. Uh hope you enjoyed it. And see you in a few weeks. Hey, it's me again. You know what? I have a little contest. It's been a while since I've done one of these. Um, send me an email, oneplayeralbert at gmail.com. Um, say whatever you want, and you'll be entered to win a single Magic Gathering challenge deck of my choice. Um, there's 
two out. I don't know if they're actually still available or not. And there's a new one coming out, so it'll be one of those. Maybe a deck of commons or something like that. Well, that's the end of today's episode. If you'd like to contact me, you can find me as Fractaloon on BoardGameGeek, or you can email me at oneplayeralbert at gmail.com. You can also post comments on the Podcast Geek list on BoardGameGeek, or come visit the One Player Guild on BoardGameGeek for comments and discussion and whatnot. The intro music is copyright Angus and is protected under a Creative Commons license and can be found at gemendo.com. The show is published under Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike license. Thanks for listening.